Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest mixtape of them all. It is the NFC East mixtape presented to you by SB Nation. You can listen to this show on any of the NFC East podcast networks here at SB Nation. That is Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles content. Blog of the boys for Dallas Cowboys. Big blue view for those New York football giants or Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders. You can watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. And uh, you can hear us in your hearts if you really close your eyes and listen hard enough. Us is he, Brandon Lee Godden of Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa of Blog of the Boys. BLG, happy Thanksgiving week to you. RJ, as one Mike Mitchell would say, many gobbles to you and many gobbles to the listeners. Uh, even nice friends hat on for those people who are not watching the YouTube version of the show, which you should be, you know, including your nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. Um, how you doing? I'm doing well. On the subject of the YouTube channel, you and I haven't ironed this out, but I've gotten a lot of requests on the BTV side of things to do more live mixtapes, um, which is something that we stream on YouTube. Um, so we'll kind of workshop this, but I think we should do a Christmas extravaganza, just mm. you know, what with the fact that the Cowboys and Eagles are playing on Christmas Eve. Um, so we can kind of figure that out. It'd be cool if we could do some sort of like bigger deal, you know what I mean, than we did last time. Last time was a big hit, but if we could... What do you mean, bigger deal? I don't know. I mean, That's not my job here at SB Nation. My job is to cover the Cowboys and upset set Eagles fans with my tweets. Um, Michael Kist, uh, if anybody wants to tweet at him at Michael Kist NFL, um, tell him what you want to see us do for Christmas. Like what, what you want to see from the mixtape. Kist is the boss. We can only do what, what he says uh, and what he allows. So um, annoy Kist, pester him, um, but do so kindly. please. I mean, he does listen. So sometimes at least not, maybe not every time, but he does um, listen sometimes. So I saw Jeremy Reisman, our great friend who covers the Detroit Lions here at SB Nation, was trolling him on behalf of the Cowboys um, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Jeremy uh, for doing that. Uh, Brandon, before we get into it, it is Thanksgiving week. So a lot of people are traveling while they're listening to this, whether that's on the road or they're catching a fly. We hope everybody is safe. Um, obviously, uh, we've talked about like travel etiquette in the past, and you are famously not a Thanksgiving person as far mm -hmm. as food is concerned. So that being said, what is your favorite part of this week? Um, it's a different week for us um, because for me, the Cowboys are so baked into it. Um, obviously, you watch every year, but it's a different experience. Like, what, what's the best part of Thanksgiving week for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Thank you. I would say, first of all, had a Friendsgiving event uh, over the weekend. That was nice. But my favorite parts of the event were the non-traditional Thanksgiving foods that were there, including someone made a buffalo chicken dip. Uh, it was awesome. Someone uh, brought tomato pie. Our good friend Holden, who listens Ooh. to the podcast, and you know RJ, uh -huh. I brought this. I live in Holden's head rent free. I know him very well from uh, South Philly. Like those little things made it so much more exciting and fun to me. And those were the best parts. So I like the non-traditional things. Um, I don't really know that I'm going to have that. Probably just a small gathering uh, with my mom and dad. Uh, shout out loyal, the most loyal listeners. They are very loyal listeners. A single yeah. episode. Uh, so just going to have a great time hanging out with them. Honestly, might end up playing some disc golf slash froth uh, at some point. Might try to get to do that. Uh, looking forward to that potentially if it works out. Not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, just the simple things. RJ, what about you? Uh, well, this Thanksgiving is my son's first birthday. He was born the night before Thanksgiving last year, and that was a really chaotic um, day and, and event and, you know, week. And even beyond that, he was born premature. So my wife and I obviously had to deal with that for a long time. But uh, thankfully, he's a happy, healthy baby. And so we're really excited about that. Um, I will say, I know you're not a Thanksgiving food person. I am very excited for thanksgiving mm -hmm. food because um like my wife did the hard work as far as like the birth was concerned but she got thanksgiving food and it was in the hospital but still like she she got turkey do you so know what even. i it's even well, it evens out do you know what i ate for thanksgiving last year i've complained about this many I times do, i listen to your other podcast or at least them on i listen to the sb nation nfl show there you go say. and you um, said the uh you got burger king what do you get from do, burger king do you remember um I think I had a burger, obviously, um, but mm, I really like the um, the like chicken fries. You know what I'm talking about that they have? They're like yep. they're like chicken tenders, but like in the shape of fries. Um, mm. And I thought in that moment, in you know, like when you're just like running on fumes, you're like anything sounds good. They weren't. Um, so, <laughs> so I am very excited to make up for lost time. I missed out on the turkey, the stuffing, the pies. I missed out on all of it last year. Uh, so to celebrate my son's birthday while the Cowboys play, eating some great foods can be a good time. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I do see, but to, to this point, because it speaks to my point about Thanksgiving, I'm not saying you should never have traditional Thanksgiving food. That's not my argument. It just gets tired to me that it's a default every single year. I think it's fun to change it up. And I think 
what you're saying here, you almost have this new appreciation for it this year because you took a year off last year, but not intended, mm. obviously. Um, but I think it's okay to change it up, and I think it's okay to invite non-traditional Thanksgiving foods into the mix to kind of to freshen it up a little bit. I think well, it just kind of gets uh, boring. I'm injecting a new one. I talked about this last week, and a huge thank you to everybody who sent me mac and cheese recipes. So um, I want that to be like my thing, like dad's mac and cheese. So I'm trying yeah. one out. It's probably going to take some experimentation. Um, so that is a new uh, thing. I've never really had mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. The last thing on this before we get to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, um, Dave Damashek, uh, formerly of the Dave Damashek football program, now does all sorts of podcasts. Damashek is, is one of the people who um, inspired me to get into NFL stuff. Um, he has a take that, um, stuffing should be consumed like beyond Thanksgiving. Like to your point, okay, fine. Like maybe mix it up, get some new foods in there. But there mm -hmm. are certain foods that only get eaten at certain times. Dressing, also, my point. Yeah, like <laughs> this is dressing, also my point about that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like dressing slash stuffing, whatever you want to call it. Um, Jason Markham on the Espionation NFL show called it stuffing. Um, you can eat that all the time. <laughs> like you don't you don't have to isolate it to just this holiday. That's what I, that's what like drives me crazy. It's like, wow, this food is so good, but we only have it once a year. Like, right. I don't know, maybe the food isn't that good. And that's why you only have it once a year. Um, I guess you could counter by saying like, oh, the Super Bowl is only played once a year. You don't have the special event every year, but come on, like it's stuffing really a special event food or, or turkey. Turkey's just boring to me, man. It's not that there's no way. It's like an S tier Thanksgiving food is there's no way it's S tier. There's no way. There's no way this can be S tier food. It can be someone's maybe like B plus A minus tier, but no way at the top. Mm. It's not elite. No, it's not. How? I mean, I will I will admit that like the turkey isn't the like driving force. Like that's not what makes the meal great. But like if if it is the sun that everything is orbiting around, it does a, a good enough job at that particular mm. thing. It's it's not my favorite planet though. It's, it's kind of like the analogy I'm making. What's your favorite planet? Mm, Neptune. Mm. What's yours? Probably Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's what stats would say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can um you can um, listen to Brandon Stats and I preview all of week 12's action by the way later this week on the SB Nation NFL show just a programming note for everybody as we get ready for the NFC East we are recording that on Wednesday um so we're recording that ahead of Thanksgiving we will not touch on the three Thanksgiving day games but we will get into everything else obviously including our locks of the week uh, which I know Brandon is already upset about the team that I have chosen uh, Brandon are you ready to begin I'm gonna say Saturn because I like the rings the rings are cool it's only one ring isn't it well, whatever the ring. No, I think there's multiple rings. I'm pretty certain it's, it's only one ring. But I think like it's one like ring that looks big. But I think there's like rings within the rings. I mean, like, you know, like I don't know tree. the like I don't know the like chemical like you know what I'm saying like if it's like multiple thin rings of gas or something. But like it is effectively classified as one ring. Like it is understood that Saturn has a single ring. I think is the general um, kind of understanding that people have. The Philadelphia Eagles eked out of win against Saturn's the... rings are thought to be pieces of comets, asteroids, or shattered moons. Rings I really thought you NASA.com. I promise not, I'm not trying up. to like segue hard, but I really thought you said Saturday's rings. Um, like, no, sorry. <laughs> I know about... you're trying to segue, but it, NASA is saying Saturn has rings, plural. Um, again, I thought you said Saturday's rings. Um, he does have a ring, having won it with the Indianapolis Colts in Super Bowl 41. Um, had he beaten the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Colts fans and all their fraudulence might have given him another one uh, for starting off 2-0 as an interim head coach. It really looked like the Colts were going to win this game. Uh, final score, of course, everybody knows 17-16. to um, Man, um, I, I have my thoughts. You actually... For everyone who doesn't listen to the NFL show, BLG was a super coward last week and did not allow me to give my thoughts on this game. So I will give them afterwards. But what are your thoughts a few days after the Eagles flirted with disaster? Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a outcome that was. Just, and actually, to set to set this up, when when we were talking about this game, or I wasn't, but stats said that had the Eagles lost this game, that he would start to have serious questions. And you said you should. You, yes, you were very I agree. emphatic. And so. Um, I trust in your legitimate wisdom that I know you have. You're not somebody's like, well, no, the win is a win. So like, we don't have to question this whatsoever. Like no, they won, course. but like, there are definitely a lot of questions to start asking about this Eagles team. Well, as I have said once or twice before, more than one thing can be true. And I think you do take the win because it's your nine and one. The Eagles have never not gone to a title game in their history. The previous five times they've started out nine and one. So that's just some perspective. It's like, how, how many of those are the Super Bowl era? I'm, um, I'm really asking. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's three. I think three, uh, two NFL championships and I think three Super Bowls. Yeah, because it was the, what, 
because they wait, it was like forty three, and then the they've only been the two championship team. No, they've been the, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah, the it was the um, the Raiders when they know. lost, the Patriots won, and uh, and and then the uh, the one they won. So yeah, three Super Bowls, two championships. Anyway, <clears throat> don't interrupt me, RJ. Uh, it's not like I interrupted you about like you know Saturn's rings or anything. So definitely concerning. Um, I'm not like the sky is falling though. I, if I, so, last week after the wash to loss and the loss to Washington, <laughs> the wash to Washington, nice. the wash to Um, I'm not gonna talking. It's fine. Uh, my concern level I said was at like a two out of ten. If ten is the sky is falling, season's over, panic. I'm up to like a four now. I'm not. I'm not ready to say like this is still. And here's why: because the defense did play well. You have to give them credit after the first drive, which they did not, and that was it was very concerning after coming off last games. That oh, here's we're gonna here, same thing. We're gonna go to the same thing. Indy's gonna go on all these long drives. Eagles can't get off the field. That didn't happen. The run defense that everyone was freaking out about that totally tightened up. I'm sure adding Dom Kang Su and Linval Joseph certainly helped with that. Um, so that's like that's a positive. The negative is the offense without Dallas Goddard. That's looking like it might be a real issue. Now I will say. My biggest issue with the Eagles in this game and why I kind of feel not totally panicked moving forward, I think this is like by far in a way the worst coaching performance that we saw from Nick Sirianni slash Shane Steichen. They're like weird personnel decisions, weird play calls. Like there was a drive, their final drive of the second half, uh, or sorry, second quarter, I believe, where they go three and out on three straight run plays where the Colts have a good run defense and AJ Brown wasn't even on the field. Like, what do we do? Like why your best players is not on the field because you want to run 13 personnel. Cause he would without... wind up fumbling. They knew that they didn't trust him. You're running 13 personnel with three backup tight ends. How does that mean you want to get more backup tight ends on the field? Like that's so they kind of outsmarted themselves now to their credit. They didn't run. They only ran, I think 12, 11 personnel the whole second half. So they kind of adjusted. They realized that was dumb. That wasn't working. And then sure enough, they scored two touchdowns in the second half. So I think they did adjust. And I think they did realize they're being dumb. I will be concerned if we continue to see this poor coaching moving forward. But I think for most of the year, we have not seen anything like that. I just thought it was very out of character. Um, so they survived. And you're hoping they're going to be a lot better moving forward in that department. So that's why I'm not ready to panic entirely. So a um, few like things I'm just going to blitz through because we could sit here for the entire hour for any of these teams, I think at this point, because it is, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone uses the NFC beast because it's, it's the NFC East, but well, we they're playing, up. We, but they're we playing so that. well that they're like a beast. And so if you, it's, it's like a play on the word East. And so, um, and when, when, when they don't play well, I plan on calling it the NFC the least, uh, mm. just so we're all clear. We invented uh, that too. We did. Um, so I, first of all, think that your scale is broken uh, to say like 10 is the sky's fall and the season is over. Had the Eagles lost this game, like this, the season is not over if you're eight and two, you know what I'm saying? So like, um, I think the, I think 10 on your scale moving forward should be like, I don't think this team can win the Super Bowl. You know, there's a difference between that and the season is over. Maybe you define that as the season being over, uh, but that's just my, my point on that. It's the energy. It's not literally like the season is over. It's like the um, energy is like, we have no shot. So sure. basically the same thing you're saying. I don't give the Eagles, and I, I'm really trying to be as objective as possible here. I don't give them any credit for like, oh, the defense showed up. The Colts have the 32nd ranked offense by DVOA. Like, so, like, oh, cool. You you stymied this offense. Like, okay, that's unfair I, though when it comes to the run thing specifically. Well, okay, they cool. got like, so much and, crap for that. But everybody gets crap. We talked about that last no, week. Like every, no, every, no, 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 no. The Eagles got so much crap specifically for not being able to stop the run. But again, that's happening to everybody. Like we talked about last week, save for you brought up San Francisco and Tampa Bay. And those were good examples. But like the Cowboys got a lot of crap. Again, a week ago, it was like the Cowboys can't stop the run. Look what Aaron Jones did mm -hmm. to them. The Eagles can't stop the run. That has been, a, Mina Kimes talked about that on her podcast this week. Nobody can really stop the run, generally speaking. So that isn't like a problem that is specific to the Eagles or the Cowboys. That was something we, we mentioned. That was a huge talking point for this but, upcoming stretch with Jonathan Taylor and but again, like, Jones I, I, and but it's not, it's not like, like Henry. But like people are doing this like like this and like I'm certainly guilty of like tweeting things that will like go off but like people are doing this like oh these are the running backs the Eagles are going to have to play these are the running backs the Cowboys are mm -hmm. going to have to play and like those lists are popping off. It's it's disingenuous to say like well they, they held Jonathan Taylor like Jonathan Taylor has not been 2021 Jonathan Taylor this year. I understand they had a great performance. Though, okay cool like and that's the thing we sat here and destroyed you know, rightfully so, Josh McDaniels for losing to this team. And no, mm -hmm. nobody is coming for Nick Sirianni with an ounce of that energy, albeit the Eagles did win, and that's obviously what matters the most. But so, like, 
I, I don't put fine. Like I'm not saying give them 0% stock, but I don't give them anywhere near hundred percent for like stopping the mighty run respect. They did adjust very well after the first drive. I'll give you that. What did he have? Like seven attempts, like seven carries, like on the first possession, like it was nuts. And, and I don't know, you know, why Indianapolis, like it, they really do feel like this team that's like, we're just going to live and die with the run. I really thought he was going to touch the ball like 50 times, but that mm-hmm. obviously didn't wind up happening. But generally, again, I don't give them credit because Matt Ryan sucks. Like he is so bad. I don't know who the worst quarterback in the NFL is right now. We're starting quarterback. He's in the mix. Like, and that, like, if this had it's been Zach Wilson, <laughs> sure. If, if this had been Jared Goff, I think the Eagles lose that game. If this had been Taylor Heineke, I think the Eagles lose that game. If this had been, um, Man, um, Derek Carr, I think the Eagles lose that game. Like it was, they certainly benefited from things being put into Matt Ryan's hands late in the game. I'll give them credit for that last possession and obviously getting the big time stop. And I have no idea what the Colts did defensively to just like part the Red Sea and let Jalen Hurts walk in. But I definitely don't give them credit for like holding the the mighty Indianapolis Colts offense. And I think that jives with the way I've approached the Colts all season long. Um, the Dallas Goddard thing. Yeah, I think that's real. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what's showing up. Like, I don't like it's it's hard to call this luck, but the, the injury the, the Eagles had had you know injury benefit, right? They hadn't had to deal with injuries in the ways that a lot of other teams had. And that's just the way seasons go sometimes. Um, but yeah, now you're missing a very important pass catcher. And some of the other luck, again, luck is such a bad word, but like the AJ Brown fumble, like these weird things starting to happen. There weren't happening. Well, I think maybe a better that's term. A, yeah, that's a better word. Like the like things are regressing to the mean in whatever way you want to qualify it a little bit here. Um, I do think it's fair to doubt this team. Like th- there was a point in time uh, a month ago where this team seemed infallible and it isn't just a result of this Colts performance. It isn't just a result of the last, what is now eight days losing to Washington. This team struggled against Houston. I mean, th- this is a team that that is starting to look like a weaker version of themselves. Not to say they are weak, but weaker relative to who they were a month, month and a half ago. What team can't you doubt in the NFL right now? What team is infallible? No, but I mean none. I to be clear, that's but the, like that's the league this year, especially. No, but clarity. that's not the that's not the conversation that Eagles fans were having. It Who was like, talking? oh, this team is perfect. This team is a monster. This team is indestructible. This You're team the has very clear and obvious flaws. And, the and king that's of a strongman. I and man, no one I, is saying this team is flawless. No one is arg- making that argument right now. That, and that is everyone that, wants to. Who's who's the top team in your NFL power rankings right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. They look the most. To? Who do they lose to? Okay, they don't, lose to that is silly team? to which do that. Which team did they like, lose to? Which team did they lose to? They did not lose to the Colts this week. They lost to the Colts early on, and that was embarrassing, and we killed them for it. And how we many can... points did they score in that game? That is like, not you, you know 17. you're so much smarter than this to act like that's the same thing. Like, you really are. And so, like, there, there's so much coping happening with the Eagles. Well, the Chiefs lost. Well, the Chiefs are amazing, but... The they Eagles are amazing. Actually, like, beat the Colts, and the, the Eagles don't get any it's, credit. It's almost like things change. Data changes. We have learned more. Like things have changed a lot since then. And so that doesn't mean that the Chiefs' loss wasn't embarrassing because it was. It was incredibly embarrassing. But they have shown a lot since then to prove how mighty sure. they are. The Eagles have shown nothing over the last month since. And like last this month. is this. What, what? What? When was the last time the Eagles looked mighty? And like the Steelers. I don't think. When was that? That that was what? Two weeks ago. That wasn't like, two weeks ago. When what was when was that game? Eagles. That was October thirtieth. So I mean, we're almost a Less month. Than a month. Away. That's a, I mean, so in in November. All right, let's see in, how they do this week, and then we can say it's well, been a month. So, but so to your point, they, they, they blew them out. Thirty five to thirteen. Come I know, on. I know. To, to your let's let's use that as the like point of demarcation. All right, so they looked like a very legitimate and sound team, and I, I'm not saying like again, this isn't like live in one extreme or the other. I'm not saying they're trash. But since then, since the Phillies made the World Series, the Eagles have looked like a shell of that team. And they really, they struggled. Mm-hmm. They, they struggled against the Houston Texans. They lost a to the Washington they beat Command. by what? Like they, double digits? They, okay, they, they, they beat by, by 12 points they struggled against. Okay, well, then they lost by double digits to the Commanders, if you want to use that same logic. I mean, All you right. can't just. No, that's not true. That. I mean, yeah, I mean yes, right. actually, you're right. Well, the you're spirit of that is not the same. Sense. They they did struggle against they the Texans. They did not score That's garbage time like lateral but, turn. But they did. The they struggled. They they almost lost that game. They put it away late and won by twelve points. And then a week later, over a week later, they lost by eleven points. Those are all factual statements. And then they barely beat this trash Indianapolis Colts team. I yeah. uh, I hinted at this. My lock of the week is the Green Bay Packers, seven point dogs against this Eagles team. And I don't believe in the Packers, but I believe that Aaron Rodgers, as bad as he is, mm. is better than Matt Ryan. And I certainly think that the Eagles, I 
I don't know how many te- games this team's going to lose, but they're going to lose a few games before this regular season's over. Mm. A few, so three. You're thinking at least three more losses. Is that how you define a few? That's just a, yeah. a separate question. Is that I mean, a real thing? If you're saying two, you would say a couple. Um, they're at least going to lose a couple because they're losing to the Cowboys, okay. and they're going to at least lose another. So they're at least losing a couple. I think three is a lot. Um, so back during 2017. Uh, uh, the, Eagles, the Eagles had a stretch here where they did not play well. They got down big to the Giants, needed a huge comeback win. Uh, that was December 17th. Um, they had lost to the Seahawks uh, two weeks prior to that. They need, very much needed a big comeback against the Raiders on Monday Night Football on Christmas Eve. And then they obviously didn't look good when they played their starters early on against the Cowboys. Game wasn't meaningful, but they played some of the starters early on. They didn't look good at all, so that was not really encouraging. Oh, so, you're talking about the, the Week um, 17 game, right? Yeah, and they, that was the they lot was like six nothing was the final score. Yeah, yeah but I, but they did start like a decent amount. Of, not all, everyone, but they they played like some of the starting offense to like I think try to get them out of a funk because they had been in a funk and that did not work for them. Like all I right. think the goal was playing for a drive. Hopefully they get a touchdown, take him out, almost like a preseason thing. Did not go that way. I think Foles if I remember it was like blistering cold too. Like it, it was it really was cold. Not, not your normal game, but whatever. People, they won the Super Bowl. People were um, like freaking out though. It was like, I, I don't know. I think you might need I, to like call Tony Romo. Like you might need to I, sign Colin Kaepernick. Foles doesn't look good. You might need to bench him for Sudfeld. Like there was panic. I, I think so, this though, I think this is coping. Like, oh, bad. this just like in 17. Like, like well, this, I'm not like, saying there's no reason to not be, I'm not saying there's reason to not be concerned at all. I'm just saying, a course of a very long season, you're gonna have peaks nah, and valleys. That was it's not, not what totally I was told. I was told this team was going to handle everybody. No, I was told this team man. was gonna lock this up. It's not a straw man. If they're I, nine if and the, one, they are nine and one, but they look they look infallible. They are they, they look like fallible. Like this is the worst nine and one team in NFL history. They look closer to last year's Cardinals than they do oh to like the eighty five Bears. Like that's oh not to say gosh. that's who they are, but they look like they've lost. They've looked like the peak is behind them. That's what they look like right now. What reason is there to believe they're going to pull themselves out of this and, and, and start stabilizing? Because like we think, what like what what objective reason is there? They looked bad. They almost lost this game to the Colts. The Colts with an interim head coach. They lost. They almost lost a game to a coach what who was a is there to analyst think? two weeks ago. What reason is it to think the team that was nine and one and has shown a much but larger what, sample what size of playing is, well what, this season might play well played, again? What they reason played is poorly there? for three weeks in a row? What's what's what reason? Okay, is what's the say bigger that's sample? Not who they are now. What's the bigger sample? But what's the recent sample? The, what, the like, what, why is it? Why is it going to change? I'm actually asking. What, what is supposed games? to change? Over like that's supposed to stop what has been happening over the last things few weeks. change over the course of a season. You've said that when they were doing well, like things could change. I, and I said I agree. Uh, they're nine and one. Again, have never not been to a title game after starting nine and one. Uh, that has so, nothing like, to do with this. That has yes, nothing it does, to do with because it puts it in perspective. This is a like not an easy thing to do, and it speaks to the accomplishment of what they've already done so far. But also, that means, again, again, that, that I means think nothing. Sirianni, the Cardinals were seven and zero last year. Did they get to the title game? No, they didn't Nick even Sirianni win a playoff game. In Shane Steichen, I think it's not similar at all. I think Nick Sirianni has done oh. a much better job than Cliff Kingsbury was doing last year. We said that until they we said at the time. Like, we didn't believe in Cliff. But, no one believed in Cliff. I, I'm not saying that I don't believe. I, I think Nick Sirianni. I think a lot of things. About Nick also, do you think like Jalen Hurts is as big of a loser as Kyler Murray because he's no, transparently but, but been the, for a long the, time? The, but the, the point is the example. The point is that that Cardinals team was winning games and had some weird wins that were starting to feel like they were you know barely kind of hanging on, and then it all fell apart for them. And I'm not. Well, they also lost DeAndre Hopkins. Play. Okay, losing like your best offensive so player. Dallas out now for a little I mean, bit. We'll see when yeah, he comes sure. back. Okay, but there's a big difference between that and still having AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the team. Like all the, I'm who saying else is that the Cardinals have after losing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green. This is slipping away from the Eagles. And a lot of Eagles fans thought it was theirs. There were a lot of Eagles fans who hoisted banners for getting to 8 0. No, no one is. No, and there's all these Eagles fans who are saying, oh, man, the number one seed is ours. And that's why we talked about this. I really think it was still not not that this like impacted things, like like rooting is whatever. I really think it would have been in the Eagles' best interest for the Cowboys to lose last week as opposed to the Vikings. That, yeah. like, I, so you're talking, to have a two-game lead for the number one seed. With that two-game lead means nothing. With, there are seven means games nothing? left. There are seven games left. And the it's Cowboys a great spot the to Eagles. be in. That, this means here, nothing. What? So, okay. I'm, I just want some simple answers like for the purpose for the purposes of saving time because we have to I'm the on. one who's coping says but the person the, who for is the multiple games on. back of the one do, seed. Do you think it's possible? They're going to get it. Do you think it's possible that the Cowboys beat the Eagles? Do I think it's possible? Of course. Do okay, I think it's so, do you think it's possible the Eagles beat the Cowboys? Yes, but so wow, let's look okay. but like right now the Cowboys look like the better team. Right oh now. Oh my they, gosh. They, oh they, my do, gosh. Do they not? This is such a hollow 
I will take the nine and one Eagles. Eagles fans are like we beat over the, the seven and three Cowboys. The Eagles got to give the defense credit for winning seventeen to sixteen. Meanwhile, the so Cowboys last Vikings. If the so Eagles ridiculous. lose a non-Cowboys game and then lose to the Cowboys, that division lead is gone. Like that, okay, they lose great. control. Do it. I'm, but I'm saying that's that's why like I I think Eagles fans are so short sighted. I think Eagles fans are trying to hold on and say no, we have the one seed now, and and now the Vikings have lost, so we have a little bit of a larger lead. The Cowboys yeah, are the team that's coming. The Cowboys are the team that is the bigger threat to the Eagles. I thought it was the, the 49ers. The 49ers beat the Cardinals. Now everyone's saying the 49ers are the be- team to beat in the NFC. They it's look like that's the team I'm most scared of. I'm not scared of the Eagles. I'm definitely scared of the 49ers. Well, I would say the same thing probably. Okay, but again, I, the my point is the Cowboys are a bigger threat to the Eagles and what they want to accomplish than the Vikings. And that's why I think it's short-sighted to say that the Vikings' loss was better. But um, yeah. Eagles starting to slip away. Nick Sirianni trying to convince everybody that everything's cool. Um, you know, blaming Colts fans for the firing of Frank Reich, even though they had absolutely I mean, nothing to do happen. with it. That's not. What, when did he do that? Why did he yell at them? Like, why did he, he didn't yell, yell at them. I think he was, he's yelling at Eagles fans. Well, then that makes even less sense. Like, how, how is that like... You know, proving a point. I don't know. It's weird because he's a strange guy, but I don't think he was yelling at Colt Sands. You know what broke Nick Sirianni? You want to know what? It, I know the moment that Nick's, that all this fell apart into this weird timeline that we live in when um, when you went for the fist bump. What was what was the process? Uh, what what was I that? I beat thing? him in rock paper scissors. That, that's what it was, right? He said he was playing rock paper scissors, and you tried to do it. Was that the story? Yeah, uh, I like went in for like a, a gorilla. You know, not like uh, the animal, but like G G U E, yeah, like gorilla, uh, rock paper scissors game, and he uh, and he lost to me because he threw out the uh, you know the rock when I threw out the paper. So I beat him. Last thing I'll say is that, uh, and I guess we'll get into this looking ahead. But the Eagles' next two games are at home, uh, you know, so we'll see the if they can write the ship at home, where they have lost one game this year and have lost one game total. The Philadelphia Eagles fell to number four in overall team DVOA this week. Um, they were number two last week. The team mm-hmm. who was number four last week is number two this week, and mm-hmm. that is the Dallas Cowboys. DVOA considers the Dallas Cowboys to be a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles here okay. in week 12. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, whose quarterback, Dak Prescott, is 7-3 and three all-time against the Eagles, 9-2. and two. Uh, against Which the is Giants, record outside he, of the East. Why does that? Uh, you're over here talking about last time the Eagles were nine and one. They went. Oh, I don't know because maybe no, when he plays the predictive. teams who aren't terrible, said. he's it's, bad. It's, pre- it's helpful that it's predictive. It's context. Dak Prescott mm-hmm. owns this division. He is seven and yeah. three against the Eagles, nine and two against the Giants, nine and one against the Commanders. After Thursday's after uh, after Thursday's game, excuse me, against the Giants, four of the Cowboys' final six games are against the AFC South. I think we both agree by far the worst division in the NFL. Um, and the road games, one is in Jacksonville in December, so not exactly that a, a, not, yeah, they come through. Not exactly a cold. The only real cold game of potential consequence Dallas is playing is um, week. 17 um in tennessee that's still hard to get used to um but um but so dallas coming off that just i'm i don't know how much of this you saw or eagles fans saw uh, i'm sure it's annoying which makes me happy uh biggest margin of victory in a road win in dallas cowboys franchise history obviously 37 points winning 40 to 3 the fact that it came against an eight and one team uh it was a tiny little conflict for me um being a, mm, a big believer in the yeah. vikings um a but huge uh, believer in the vikings yeah and they're your super bowl pick the team they're eight and two the super bowl and they're eight and two i I feel very they're gonna win the super bowl i feel very justified in my pick about the vikings i don't know i I will listen to the nfc dude they have a negative point differential they're such frauds dude come on um i my some of the things i i will say the vikings are not like we need to talk about the Cowboys, but I will say the Vikings have gotten to eight and two, not exactly in the way that I thought. Like I thought Justin Jefferson would have like 200 yards every week, like and and be. I thought he would be what Tyreek Hill is. Like I thought he would be the Tyreek Hill to to what Kirk, like to Tua. I thought it would be that kind of season. Um, so they have been successful, not exactly in the way I envisioned. But this isn't about them. Um, this was just absolute pure total domination. This was maybe the most dominating win they have ever had in the Dak Prescott era. Um, certainly in the Mike McCarthy era. I have never seen them just handle a team like they did. And and for it to be, um, I know now now all of a sudden the Vikings are frauds, but you know, a week ago it was, well, the Eagles are the only team who beat the Vikings. Uh, the Cowboys had their way with them, and that's a very impressive thing. Yeah, just like the Eagles did earlier this season. Mm. Um the Eagles, uh, who are two spots below the Cowboys in DVOA right now. Okay, how's the standings looking? How's the NFC playoff picture looking? Oh, that's two that's games right below now. Them but, in but the Christmas Eve, Christmas things. Eve, it's all changing. Oh, I, I, yeah, we'll see. Um, so you know, I think the Cowboys' defense, obviously, really good in this game. Uh, I kept the Vikings to three points. Hot take. Uh, very they, egregious. They started off. I know. I know. How, I know you were busy, but they started off very strong. The first the game went to third down right away. Micah Parsons strip sack. I mean, it just it really yeah. felt like over at that point. 
I mean, Dak had three incompletions the whole game. That's pretty good. Uh, and you can you can argue that that literally none of them were his fault. Like they were drops and just they weren't you know bad throws by any means. It was right. it was his most perfect game in a very long time. Yeah, he needed a big game, his best game in a while. Um, Pollard looked unstoppable pretty much. I felt on the ground. Um, uh, pass rush got after Kirk Cousins, who sucks. Uh, as I've said many times, uh, Kirk barely getting over a hundred yards, pathetic. Um, and yeah, just dominant win. Uh, a much needed response by the Cowboys after blowing that Packers game very embarrassingly after being up 28 to 14. Uh, it's exactly what they needed to do. It's, it's, you know, if you want to, if you want me to say something bad about the Eagles, they should have had more of a performance like this against the Colts. They should have went out against Indy and they don't have to win 40 to three, you know, win by double digits. No, but go, go, go kick someone's ass. Like well, that's, that's what, like, at that's least what you cover the see. spread. Yeah. Go out and at least like cover the spread. Well, and there was um, all this like, oh man, how are the Cowboys favorites? And this is, this is where people do live in like little cherry pick things. It's like, well, the Vikings beat the bills and look, the Vikings won that game. The Cowboys lost to the Packers. Yeah, but, those, those things are factually true. But you, I mean, you said it, Dallas had a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter. They blew it. Like criticize them for that. That that's on them. And similarly, the Vikings trailed the yeah. Bills by 17. I mean, like this, this well, was yeah, and I, needed like a fourth and 18 conversion of them, right? Like that's ever and then a saying. fumble for you know like, right. a lot of like, <laughs> like weird stuff. No, and so like, but again, people live in the like, well, they just beat the Bills, but still, um, this you. The only thing I disagree with what you said is that Tony Parr looked dominant on the ground. Not that that's not true, but his his real damage came through the air. Uh, his Sorry, two I didn't mean just the ground. Right. I meant like as a whole. Right, right. right. I, well, I'm just you know, just making sure we, we got all our boxes checked. Uh, Zeke Elliott did have the two touchdowns on the ground. By the way, um, as I said that, Australia just scored to take the lead one nothing against France in the World Cup. Boy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if we have any Australian listeners. Um, we uh, get a lot of... If you do. Yeah. Um, Listen. I don't know what the, you know... I've never I've never seen like action from one of these. We see a lot of like European stuff. Um, but anyway, I think like uh, Germany is a big one. Yeah, yeah. Like um, we see Germany and like English fans and stuff, and a lot of Mexican fans. Um, and Ochoa, Canadian the goalie for oh, uh, dude. Mexico. I get a lot of questions if we're related. I wish. Are you? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So th- this was a, a demolition, and and. You know, I um I mentioned last week that I had Trayvon Diggs. Uh, we interviewed him at Blog of the Boys, and he said I, I was really kind of stunned. He was like, "This this is the one." He said, "Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, they they really clamped Justin Jefferson. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson has never had, and I know that Darius Slade did too um, early in the season when when Philly played him, but Justin Jefferson has never had like a Justin Jefferson game against the Cowboys in in mm-hmm. three years, um, uh, which is you know interesting. And I mean. They they said all week, they said, this is a playoff game. We know. And again, I know you want to put your fingers in your ears and la, 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 la. This game is massive in the NFC because Dallas now has the tiebreaker over Minnesota as well. And so if Dallas does surpass Philadelphia in the NFC East race and the, excuse me, the Vikings drop a game, the one seed is the Cowboys to lose. And all those things are, are very possible. I mean, you're rolling your eyes. Like, you think the Eagles are winning out? Like, that's what it this would take. Energy, the energy you've given me all season long about the excitement about the Cowboys is the meme of the guy who's, like, shaking a champagne bottle and, like, celebrating. And you zoom out, and he's, like, third on the podium. It's just, like, this How is, is the energy you're giving me. No, this me. isn't, it's like this the isn't have been energy. In the this is spot. all very real. Like again, I'm not saying they can't get there, but I'm saying currently you're not there. There's very a lot of premature but celebrating. it doesn't matter like if you're here. not there today. Like, again, there is a very viable path. Do you just yes or no? Do you think the Eagles are winning out? I don't think they're winning every single game. No. So that would be no. You don't think they're winning out. So that would mean that if they lose a non-Cowboys game, they open the door for Dallas to take control of the NFC East. And with the tiebreaker over the Vikings, all Dallas needs is one Minnesota loss. And you I don't think, think the Cowboys are winning out. I don't know, but I'm getting there. Oh so my like God. you wouldn't even say no. You think well, they're going to win let out? Me, then. Let me set my point up. So oh the Vi- the Vikings remaining schedule. Vikings I think we both probably think. Out. I think the Vikings probably beat the Patriots on on Thursday night. I think you agree. Um, and the Vikings schedule isn't like super intimidating, but you it does have some. Beat the Patriots. Or what? Vikings beat the Patriots. You said. I'm I'm saying. Do you think the Vikings will beat the Patriots? They play Thursday night. Um, I don't know. I think that's quick, a just coin quick, flip. quick, quick, quick win know. or loss. Um, okay, um pa- Patriots is a coin flip. I guess be- I'll take the Vikings, but I don't. I don't know honestly. It's okay. a coin flip game for me. Coin flip, then the Jets. I think they probably beat the Jets. Obviously, you mentioned Zach Wilson at Detroit. Kind of a coin flip. I still trust the Vikings, but they played them, them tough. Sure. They played them. They played them tough in Minnesota early on. The okay. Colts, who just went 
toe to toe with the mighty Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the New York Giants, that's a pivotal game for NFC seeding um, as well. The Vikings final two games of the season at Green Bay at Chicago. And again, my point with regards to the Cowboys, I don't think they're going to win out because I don't think any of these teams are going to win out. But I think no. the Cowboys are going to win more games than either the Eagles or the Giants. And that's because of their final six games. Four are against the AFC South. They have yeah. the, the by far the friendliest schedule down the stretch. Okay, sure. That's a point of optimism in their favor. It's a point of reality. The Eagles, who have a tiebreaker over them and can seal the tiebreaker. Right. The Eagles win that game. So, okay, beat all those teams. Doesn't matter if you lose to the Eagles. So the path to Dallas securing the one seed was laid this past weekend. They like they if they are going to wind up the one seed, they had to have this win over the Vikings, right? Sure. They, they they had to. Um, so the path was forged. We will obviously see what happens. Um, I think both Cowboys and Eagles fans are rooting against the Vikings uh, from here on out, or at least until they pick up you know one or two more losses. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, no real injuries for the Cowboys. There was a little scare with Micah Parsons at the end when they were up thirty-seven points or up thirty-seven to three. Um, and they had him in and he almost got hurt. And it was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous and wild and crazy. Uh, but thankfully he was all right. My one question, and this was insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Did you see the end of first half sequence in this game? Or were you the, busy? The kick? The kick and what went, what went into it? I mean, I thought, yeah, I did see it. I thought it was ridiculously awful officiating. It was really bad. It was I, I have only ever seen this once before. Um, and so in case anyone missed it, um, Dak Prescott threw a completion to CD Lambs, his big completion to put them into field goal range. By the way, the only reason the Cowboys had that possession was because Kevin O'Connell allowed it. Like Kevin O'Connell had some awful management at the end of the first half. But anyway, uh, Dallas gets uh, into range for 60 yard field goal attempt. Brett Maher runs out and kicks it. And then all of a sudden, officials are like, wait a minute, we're going to go and review the catch. And I'd only ever seen this once before. And I don't know if you remember in 2007, Dallas played a Monday night game in Buffalo. And Tony Romo had a million turnovers. Yeah, I remember um, that. Well, late in that game, as Dallas was driving to win, uh, Romo threw a completion to our boy, T.O. And Dal- there's like very little time at this point in the game. And they run up and spike the ball to kick what would then be a you know, game-winning field goal. And after they spiked the ball, officials went and reviewed it. They reviewed mm-hmm. the completion. And th- that logic, I kind of understood. Their argument was, we didn't want to stop the clock with a review and give you a play when you may have otherwise not had that time. We wanted to make sure you got the spike off. That's stupid because if a play mm-hmm. happens, you can't you can't go more than one play back in time to review it. Um, I just I had that's such a this a, it's a weird timeline that we're living in. Yeah, I mean I, it was terrible. Um, I think it's a very fair gripe, even though it didn't you know have an impact. Right, yeah. it's the from a process standpoint that should not happen. It's terrible. Um, but Brett Maher drilled it anyway. He has been that's one of the things I've been most wrong about. But I don't know anybody that was right about that in a in a way that made sense, like in a logical way. Like he it never made sense to believe in Brett Maher. The right. Cowboys didn't believe in him. He that was there. Process, good result. Right. Uh, but ser- like all kudos to him for working on himself and getting his game to this level. Um, Dak Prescott is playing at an elite level. The Cowboys defense is at an elite level. They got to get through Thursday. They get through Thursday, they get a week and a half to sit back and relax. And after Thursday, the Cowboys will watch the Eagles play two games and the Vikings as well. And you never know what's going to happen. So uh, we move on. But before we do, we take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Brandon, welcome we're back. back. Well, while we were gone, you went and took a shower. Um, do you That's feel crazy? Um, because uh, it's true. And do you ever use the term bath? Like, I'm going to go take a bath? No, I can't right. fit in the tub. I'm too big. Six foot five. That's right. Um, so, Six foot nine. Um, <laughs> so um, wow. Um, I don't think anybody too like, tall. I should say not too big. Like I can, I can fit in a tub like the width of a tub. I cannot right, right. fit in the like lengthwise. Um, that to be a pretty big tub. Right. I mean, is there a name for tubs like that? Like, uh, like mattresses are the like William um, Taft tub. Well, there's like a like a California King mattress or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's names for. Oh, I wish like, I had a California King, dude. That would be awesome. You must um, you must really struggle when you go to like hotels. You probably like this is a no, and, well no, it's really. like because well if you're six foot five, I mean that's pretty tall. You know what I mean? I'm six foot nine, and I usually you know I feel like the which so I went to Miami, you know, to watch the Eagles Dolphins joint training camp practices. Mm. Um, probably the only team I'm scared of in the NFL, the Dolphins, who looked better than the Eagles in that practice. You're but, not scared uh, of the Chiefs? That I would be king size bet. I mean, it's kind of a bit like weighted. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that mattress was a king size, so you know, worked out. It's so good, but honestly, California King is better because I don't know if you know this, 
Do you know the difference between a king and a California king? Uh, Rihanna has a song called California King. So for RJ and the listeners, um, the king size compared to the California king, the California king's a little bit less wide, but it's longer. So you you sacrifice some of the width for a little bit more length. Same same surface area, just... I don't know know if it's the same, but I know in some some way it's a little bit less wide. Like, not uh, very much, but like slightly, but there's slightly more length. Um. Okay. Um, well, maybe the New York Giants need a California King wow, because no they are all Giants. <laughs> um, they rank 21st in overall team DVOA. Do you know where they rank offensively? Um, I don't know, like 25th. If I told you it was their highest rank of the three, um, what where would you guess? After that's your clue. Again, 21st overall. 22nd. 16th offensively, 27th defensively, and 20th from a special team standpoint. The 31 to 18 loss against the Detroit Lions certainly not helping. Um, you said what did this I say? Really, yeah. Well, you two things you said that I want to give you props on. You said they would lose one of the two games between mm-hmm. the Texans and the Lions, and you said a long time ago that they were kind of what Dan Campbell wanted his Lions to be. That mm. that's they had kind of gotten there faster. Um, and so Dan Campbell was like, "Give me that back." You know, <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you're me, uh, type thing. It was like Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, no way home. And so, um, this, this was, I look, multiple things can be true. I do think the Giants have benefited from, I wouldn't even call it luck, like you, or, or variance. Like, again, this weird coincidence of like being below league average on first and second down defensively mm-hmm. and then morphing into like the best defense to ever live on third down like that that had to give more than other things have to give that will wind up giving like we're seeing from the eagles or you know other teams like the ravens you know struggles on offense whatever um it finally kind of gave out and to give out against the lions was really you know it's really embarrassing also i mean they just don't have oh, sorry last last thing kudos to brandon was the only person in our sb nation experts pick to pick the Detroit Lions. And in fact, the New York Giants team website shared our picks on their website and Brandon wow. was not they they shouted out all of us by name, the people who took the Giants. <laughs> I forgot about this angle uh, to it. <laughs> yeah, so they literally wrote like Arjo Cho, Pete Tweeney, you know, everybody that who took the Giants. So your name was the only one admitted um, wow. and you were right. So take your victory lap. I mean, it it just came, it wasn't even necessarily about like totally believing in the Lions. It wasn't about that as much as I. What was my argument? Is that I just felt the Giants were due. Like they they weren't quite as good as this record indicated. And not to say they're a bad team. I almost think though that the Giants kind of having this status all year is that team. It's kind of hard to believe their record is so good and they're due for losses. That's kind of like covered for the Vikings a little bit because the Giants have been that that team. And I just felt like they were due, and certainly. They were. I think part of it is that they just don't have the horses to get this done. I mean, what do they have at wide receiver right now, especially with Wandale Robinson uh, going down for the year? It's, it's Sterling Shepard. I'm looking at their draft chart. Uh, uh, sorry, their, their depth chart on um, our lads. It's Sterling Shepard. It's Kenny Galladay. Darius Slayton's, I think, a decent player. Uh, wait, no, this is from last year. Yeah, My I was going to say Sterling Shepard tore his ACL when the Cowboys yeah. beat them. Um, so it's Marcus Johnson, who was like, uh, used to be on like the Eagles practice squad. Darius Slayton, who again, I think is a solid player, but if he's like your best receiver, that's not a good spot to be in. And David Sills, Kenny Galladay, like has what? I think four catches this year. Uh, by contrast, CJ, GJ, Chauncey Garner Johnson has six interceptions. He's more interceptions. That's so than hard. CJ, GJ, CJ, GJ. That's Chauncey so Gardner, hard to say. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson has more interceptions than Kenny Galladay has catches this entire year. Like, you know, they just, they don't have enough. Um, And that's fine in terms of the uh, bigger picture. Like they clearly, this was never going to be a one-year thing. They're not like behind schedule. I think they're slightly ahead of schedule, but I will say RJ. Are the Giants locks to make the playoffs? So um, I think, so as it stands, um, as far as the NFC East is concerned, the Philadelphia Eagles, the one seed for now, the Cowboys, the five seed is the top bottom card team. They surpassed the Cowboys and Giants have the same record, but Dallas obviously beat them has the tiebreaker mm-hmm. um, right now. And I think we both think are going to beat them on Thanksgiving. Although the Cowboys have lost seven of their last 10 Thanksgiving day games. Um, so that sucks. But um, so the Giants are seven and three. Um, we've talked about, you know, remaining schedule, but we, so, well, yes or no, we think they're both falling to seven and four on Thursday. I am going to take the Giants because I have to because I already said this is my uh, prophecy mm. and everything has come to pass thus far. The Eagles won, the Lions won, uh, the Vikings won, and now it's going to be about the Giants beating the Cowboys on mm. Thanksgiving. But if they don't, if they do not do that, then they're in a really bad spot. Okay, let's call them 7-4 and four, just for argument's sake. Um, Washington the week after. 
They get a week and a half worth the rest. They get a little mini buy for what it's worth. Hard to, t- hard to bet against the commanders right now. They're playing legitimately well. By the way, we'll get to them, but it would be the most, like people say, it'd be the most Eagles thing. It'd be the most Cowboys thing. It, it really would be the most like Washington thing to like lose to this Falcons team. You know, especially like oh, yeah. uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke's got the Jordans thing. Like that is the easiest color template, right? Like people are like, how's he going to get one in like Texans colors? Like the Falcons colors would make such incredible Jordans um, that he won't be able to have conceivably. Uh, but so let's say they fall to seven and four. You said it like, let's say they split the commanders games. So the commanders will play back to back with the buy sandwich in between. Okay. Um I, I I thought they would split with the Eagles. I'm definitely feeling a little bit less confident in that. Mm-hmm. So let's say they if they lose that game, if we're saying that they're not s- splitting with the Eagles, then we're saying that they lose the next three games in a row, potentially, uh, which would be four losses in a row, which would drop them to seven and six. And then outside. So at, so they're about to play four divisional games in a row uh, mm-hmm. at Dallas, Washington, Philly at Washington. So and that, I know. But and then when they get out of that, oh, like waiting for them is the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so this is uh, really unfair like you know like not just dumb from a like standpoint of entertainment it, it but like if you it's have a key injury to lose like let's you know like let's say you to put a player on ir but like would only have to miss four games before this stretch they'd have to miss literally every like all the four division games like, yeah that's, like that's so like you're getting screwed pretend it like it's hard to do with the giants because like they have like season ending injuries but like pretend it was the rams and cooper Cup. right you know what, what i mean like, mean like this short-term injury yeah and like he'll, he'll be back after four weeks fine that happens to a bunch of teams it's not like this freak thing that you should like can't count on it, it happens at like this awful time it's it's the same i hate starting the season off with two division games in a row because you're not like who you are you know what i mean like at that point in time like you need some time to gel and like become yourself and so i really think that's such a, an unfair you know disadvantage that some teams are put at or put in some years this is tough for the vikings and like i'm sorry the giants the, the vikings part of it is just unfortunate timing you know that that they wound up being very good um so say they win even if they won two of these games call them whatever two you want um, that would put them um, at nine and six um, through um, through Christmas Eve and their final two games, both um, on the 2023 side of things are Indianapolis and at Philadelphia. So there's definitely a world where they in like 10 and seven. Um, yeah. And it's possible to your point that that's not enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we both think San Francisco finishes north of yes. 10 wins. Yeah. Um, but like, who's the other threat then? Like well, Washington, especially, you know, God forbid they mm, sweep the Giants like then that tiebreaker looms very large for that last wild card spot. Uh, so that could be huge. So we think one of Dallas Philly is a wild card. We think San Francisco. Do we uh, let me rephrase yeah. Dallas Philly are getting are both getting in. Do we think mm-hmm. San Francisco and Seattle are both getting in? Uh, yes, I actually I do. OK, so that would be two wild card spots. And then it would come down to Washington or New York. Yeah. Um, and so that's interesting. Falcons, but probably not. Right. Um, well, you mentioned point differential. I know that's like a big like sticking point for a lot of people with the Vikings right now. They do have a negative. It's barely negative. You know, it's like, what is but it? Minus still, two? It's like crazy for a team that's eight and two. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> like, um, so they are minus two uh, in point differential. The team right above them in point differential standings, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. the New York Giants at plus one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're well, not. I just ex- say, I feel like that. Yeah. Those have, I think those teams have been more similar than we would think. I just think the the, Giants, the Vikings have gotten more benefit of the doubt, kind of. I did a video about this on our YouTube channel, so if anyone's watching here, they can go back and watch this. But um, my two favorite things to look at, like people are like, well, how can you have like Brandon? How can you have this team over that one? Your power rankings, they have more wins. It's like it's not always about wins and losses. But I think that the the two like metrics I've personally leaned on the most are DVOA and point differential. Neither one of them is perfect, but they can tell you more about teams than than your average statistic is, is my point. Um, and in that vein, I would be remiss if I did not mention the Buffalo Bills lead the way in point differential at plus 107. The Dallas Cowboys, number two, at plus 84. Well, mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles yeah, sure. coming Big in third, win, plus 80. Sure. Um, okay, any, so, oh, I last thing on the Giants for me, mm-hmm. um, because they are playing on a short week, so we already have like an injury report. I mentioned Cowboys don't really have anything. Brian Dable ruled out Daniel Bellinger and Adoree Jackson on okay, Thursday. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned Wandale Robinson, so th- mm-hmm. they are very, very beat up. It's just an unfortunate time for that to happen, like you said. Yeah, um, so I think it's interesting because if the let's say, you know, and maybe they won't miss the playoffs, but if they do, like that's a really interesting narrative because I think. It got to a point, oh, the Giants are they're just so they had a schedule, they're doing so well. Brian Dable coached the all this stuff. It almost felt like the rest of the year was house money because it's like, oh, they're probably gonna make a wild card spot. And they're again head of schedule, they're gonna go into this offseason, they're gonna add pieces. Every the arrow is very much pointing up. 
if they blow it, if they miss the playoffs, I'm not saying it's like they can't improve in the offseason, but the discussion is going to be a lot different than it was. Like if they, they have this epic collapse at the end of the season, like, do you disagree with that? Um, Kind of. Sorry, I'm a little bit distracted. France just scored to equalize. You gave us a um a, an Australian noise. Can you give us a French one? <laughs> okay. Um I think that this happened this is a, a very particular narrative cloak that is thrown on some teams and I think what would be thrown over the Giants in the offseason would be man they were looking really good they were ahead of schedule like everything that you said and then then they just got hurt like every, everybody got hurt everybody got injured yeah. like they would they would and that's a fair thing to give them um and I think people would say you know Daniel Jones just wasn't enough he's not a quarterback who can elevate them like mm-hmm. so, like they would still be deserving of praise I know, I know you're not saying otherwise no I do yeah. think it would it, it would deflate some Brian Dable coach of the year right. hype um and I guess like if Nick Sirianni's Eagles falls apart and if he keeps, you know, publicly doing what he's doing, he may hurt his own case. Um, who's the next coach? Maybe Kevin O'Connell. If the Vikings win the NFC North, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? And they win it so sizably like that's he's he's not out of contention. He doesn't get much love, but he's definitely in the mix because because some of it is like you got to come from you got to. Yeah, he's a first year guy. It's generally kind of like a rookie of the year for head coaches. Hmm. Yeah. Who, so who is it right now? Would you say? I mean, it's a it's a rough week to say. Make me maybe Mike McDaniel if they win the AFC East. Like I could yeah. I could see Mike McDaniel. Yeah, and actually, Ke- and, yeah, that's a great and point. Kevin O'Connell I mean, as literally who was taking them to win the East? No one. Everyone was taking not only Buffalo to win the division, but like win the Super Bowl <laughs> easily and have the MVP. Last thing I want to say on the Giants to that point, I'm not saying it's like the season's a failure all of a sudden. I'm just saying the tone shifts a lot from like, oh great, this is like kind of house money off season. You know, we made the playoffs, we didn't win a game, that's fine. We're going to stack up in the offseason. I just think it it kind of changes things. It makes things a little bit uneasier. And it's like, do we do we keep Daniel Jones? What do we do with Saquon? Like, it makes, I think, some of their tough decisions even tougher. I think it it pokes at old wounds. It's like a it's like a different it's a too. cousin it's it's a cousin of the Cowboys losing in Green Bay. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a oh we can't escape this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't win Coach of the Year because of like not the narrative, but like he's already done enough things. But like Kyle Shanahan, I think deserves it. Um, he's mm-hmm. been so good, especially well, dude. He's had to adjust to losing Trey Lance. Like that's a real thing. Um, so I, mean, I know he's never been him. playing him though. <laughs> I I agree, but if we're talking like. He's not like people like Bill Belichick will never win it again because, well, right now they suck. But you get like there was the point where like he could never win it because like how can you outdo yourself? Um, so Kyle Shanahan's kind of in that mix a little bit. Um, but yeah, right now I think it's Mike McDaniel. But anyway, okay, let's move on. Um, the Washington Commanders, um, like a good team, destroyed the Houston Texans, unlike somebody I know. Uh, 23 to 10, the final score. Did you really see the, the photo of the Jordans that Taylor Heineke purchased after this game? What was the margin of victory in that game you just said? Um, look, it's a bit. What like, was the margin in the? What was, was the margin of victory? It was, it was a bit. What was you the margin could, of victory? You could, I let you don't want to say it, but no, the I'm, Texans. I let your. It was a bit. Lost Why can't you by thirteen it points, and the Eagles, or yeah, and the Texans lost by twelve points. The Eagles. to the Eagles. So the, you, said this, you so, said this not as a bit on the SB Nation NFL. Show, but the Commanders beat them more. Did the Commanders not beat them more handily than the Eagles by one more point? Did they not beat them more handily? By one more point, okay. So sure. yes, thank you for answering the question. By did you one see more the point? Did you see the Jordans that he bought? That's my actual question. For what? For winning this game because he does the like Jordans thing, you know whatever. No. Did, they were like baby blue, which I thought that doesn't was make like, any sense. I, <laughs> unless it's the or is it the Oilers he's going after? But that wouldn't be correct. You know what I'm I saying? I agree, like, but I'm saying that's the only thing I can think of. I just I thought that was very strange um, when I saw the photo. Um, I mean, the Oilers had better colors, so I wouldn't blame him from that part of it. But I wouldn't either. But again, that feels like like that that feels like violating the spirit. Yeah, right, I agree. Of, it's wrong. Of what, right of what you're doing, and that's those are bad vibes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like uh, going into going into a game where you have such incredible colors. To, these are literally the Jordan colors, like black, red, and white. You know what I'm saying? And so those are bad. I I don't know, but um, not a real like aerial day for uh, for the Commanders um, in Houston. Um, in fact, Heineke was only 15 to 27 for 191 yards. Curtis Samuel scored on the ground. I don't know if you know Ron Rivera coached him in Carolina, so he knew how to use him in Washington. Yeah, he's like um, Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, well, Antonio Gibson was supposed to be like Christian McCaffrey. 18 carries for 72 yards. Uh, did have three catches uh, for 31 yards as well. So actually <laughs> kind of uh, Christian McCaffrey light. Um, I, I'm willing to back off just a little bit on Ron Rivera. Like he, this yeah. has been a, an impressive little run. And, and you know, there's 
It's not to say he's amazing, but he is the best coach that this team has had. I do think that Jay Gruden got a bad, you know, kind of shake at the end of things. I totally agree. Um, But but he has, I think, really proven. Like, I think he should come back next year if you're a Washington fan, you especially with all the chaos. Like, I think there was a point where it was fair to be like, look, everything sucks, but but Rivera offers nothing. Like, let's just wipe this slate clean. I I'm that was my thought. So I'm willing to say that I'm willing to walk that back a little bit. Yeah, I think it's interesting from an ownership standpoint, right? Because, like, how is that going to factor in? Um, are they going to want their own coach? Does a sale even happen in time? There's a lot of variables. Does on a that sale end. even happen at all? Right. Does a sale happen? A lot of weird stuff going on from that sense. I don't love the Ron Rivera influence on personnel part of the operation. Sure. That kind of concerns me. I mean, he certainly was a big reason, apparently, according to his own words, that they got Carson Wentz, which is a really bad deal. Um, so, that part makes me a little bit nervous, but I agree from a football coach standpoint, they're probably not going to do a lot better unless they can. I mean, it might be a situation where if they can get, let's say, Sean Payton, maybe they would have to like spring at that, but otherwise just bring, you know, Ron back for sure. Um, the commanders are now north of 500. They have won two in a row. They have won five of their last six with their one loss coming against uh, the mm. Minnesota Vikings, who did execute that late comeback against them. I know that part of your coping mechanism here is to be like, well, actually, they're a good team. So this Eagles loss really isn't that embarrassing. Um, so I don't know when this train stops for them. Um, they're not winning the NFC East. I think that the the mountain is too steep for them to climb at this point. But they are certainly in playoff contention. And I I think you're right. I think the team that is most in jeopardy uh, falling to them is not the San Francisco 49ers. It's the New York Giants, particularly because they do still get to play them not just once, but twice, let alone back to back games for them with like they literally get to play them, go on by, study up, get like that is such an unfair advantage too. Like, yeah, that, man, that, speaking of unfair, so hey, Giants fans, we we said we're giving some credit to your team, we're giving some leniency to your team. I think you're getting screwed in some ways. Um, um, but their their point differential is negative nine. I don't know what it is. Um, if you buy me some time, I can figure it out over the last few weeks though. Over over since the the wins started, so give me a go ahead and speak, please. That's not cool. Please, please speak. <laughs> please speak. Please clap. Um, yeah. Uh, so the commanders, the rest of the Giants, by the way, uh, you know, we kind of touched on this in terms of who they'll play, but literally have the toughest remaining strength of schedule in the league the rest of the season. Um, and then the Washington commanders are actually fifth uh, in terms of toughest remaining strength of schedule. And, you know, playing in the East uh, impacts that for sure. Uh, but, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective there. Meanwhile, Where's San Francisco at? San Francisco only at 21st. Um, they still get the Raiders, the Saints, and the Cardinals again, uh, in addition to the Bucks, Commanders, Seahawks, and the Mighty Dolphins. So, yeah, I think San Francisco definitely in a better spot than them. Did you figure it out? I did. Um, okay. So since week six, um, that was when this winning streak began. Man, this, do you remember where this – or now it's they've, they've lost. So, the, But this general streak, do you remember where this began? Because I, I had kind of forgotten. Uh, was it the Packers game? It was not. It was before that. It was uh, a week and a half before that on Thursday Night Football when they beat the Bears. Uh, um, oh, well, Wentz, yeah, Wentz was still – I was thinking – I'm sorry. I thought you meant like when the f- switch to Heineke was made. No, but but that win certainly is important, right? That like, was an I awful mean, win, though. They did not they, – they, like, got, like – I think they got outgained by, like, double – like, they, they did not deserve to win that game. It was not, like, so, a sign of a good things to come. It was a really bad win. It was a win, they, but it was a really they bad They had 214 total offensive yards and defensively allowed 391. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, they got outplayed. <laughs> they have not allowed that many since. Um, their highest uh, since then was against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts when they allowed 324 um, mm-hmm. total yards, but still won that game. Um, their point differential. So this is um, this is the sh- the Chicago game, the Packers game, the Colts game, the Vikings loss, the Eagles game, and the Texans game. That's six games total. They have a plus 29 point differential mm-hmm. in that time. Um, so you know, pretty impressive when you consider you know what they've been able to do in the last month, month and a half. And Young was coming back. He has been or he's going to be activated. He'll be. Uh, making his debut it still seems like he's not a hundred percent um so they had to activate him or else he would be shut down for the rest of the year based on everything the coaches have been saying in recent weeks it has not been like super encouraging and positive um so i wonder uh it sounds like i think if i'm not mistaken i saw hog taven wrote about how ron rivera said he's actually going to be on a snap count uh to start so we'll see how that goes and i kind of wonder uh in accordance with that like how much of Chase Young will he truly be? So that's something to monitor. 
I do think the Chase Young thing, not to be negative, but is such an example of like, don't listen to teams in the offseason or whatever yeah. or training camp because it was like, oh, he's only going he's on. He's going to be he's, yeah, he's going on pup. He's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's it's whatever. But so their remaining schedule, they have Atlanta this week. That is their only game. Uh, well, it's one of two games against opponents below 500 right now. Atlanta at New York, the bye. New York again at San Francisco, Cleveland on New Year's Day, but that is yeah, the Deshaun Watson right. round. So we we don't know exactly what they'll. It's a that's a true wild card sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Cowboys to wrap it up, and that Cowboys game, like we talked about, these last two games, uh, Philly is hosting the Giants, right? In week eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So Giants at Philly, Cowboys in Washington. We'll could potentially swing things a, a lot of different ways. It will be very interesting how the timing happens. I'll obviously probably happen at the same time. If, if they have, if the concept if the impact will, will, or if the results will impact one another. Um, but you could have Washington and New York needing that game for a wild card spot. And you could have Dallas or Philadelphia needing that game for say the one seed, right? Like if things break a certain way, so a lot of action to potentially be determined as the NFC East wraps up. Um, are we ready to, by the way, uh, oh no, I already made that point. Um, but Washington from a DVOA perspective, 18th overall, um, they are 12th defensively. So yeah, you know, climbing up a little bit, climbing up. Good for them. Uh, man, I had not realized just how bad the Eagles were special teams wise. Goodness gracious. Oh yeah. Um, That's been a consistent, uh, I mean, well, I knew that, but like, to, yeah. like the, seeing 24 is like a whoa uh, sort of thing. But anyway, yeah. okay, uh, let's pick these games. Uh, we will go in chronological order for this because that just makes sense. Um, our friends, oh my gosh, I hadn't seen this yet today. Well, today's Tuesday for us. The Cowboys opened as eight-point favorites. Actually, they originally, before Sunday's Vikings game, opened as seven-point favorites. After that, they opened as eight-point favorites. That climbed to eight and a half, went back down to eight, climbed up to nine. They are, as of Tuesday at 1.39 p.m. Central Standard Time, nine and a half-point favorites mm-hmm. against the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. I think the Giants need to cover if this is like a different Giants team. If there's something real, it's like the Giants are different. Brian Dable has them in the right direction. Then they need to make this a competitive game. Even if they are banged up and everything, this cannot be a blowout, embarrassing, same old Giants loss. That would be very, I think, uh, telling and deflating for them. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say they win because I've already basically committed to this and I don't feel good about it with all those injuries. But I do think uh, if you look at last year, when the Cowboys had all of these big wins because they had some last year that were really big, what happened the week after each time? They kind of had disappointing losses each time. So there could be something, too. They're smelling themselves a little bit too much. Uh, People are underestimating the Giants a little bit much after losing to the Lions. There could be some kind of uh, overreacting on both sides. I will take the Giants outright. I will take the Cowboys. I will lay the points. Um, they just destroyed the Minnesota Vikings. I I trust them. They already beat this Giants team. Um, they did it without Dak Prescott. They did, did it on the road. Um, and plus, the Cowboys are wearing their throwback uniforms this week. So um, lots of good vibes go in their direction. Eagles wearing their black helmets, right? I was going to say, beat. I want to get your okay. thoughts on that. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, so that's the first game. Um, you're taking Giants to win and obviously mm-hmm. cover. I'm taking Cowboys to win and cover. Washington, uh, four-point favorites at home against the Falcons. That's a noon kickoff on Sunday. Um, your thoughts? That's a tough one. I think it's, it's going to be a coin flip. The Falcons have not been good, but I don't think this is like uh, necessarily easy win for the Commanders. I think I'll say they win, but they don't cover. It's like a re- like three-point game, really close game. comes down to a final field goal. I'm going to copy. Um, I'm going to copy that exactly. Um, like I said, I think Taylor Heineke's tempting things, not getting the right colors of Jordans after you, you know what I mean? If this is going to be your thing, even if you don't, maybe, maybe he's not like a Navy guy, you know what I mean? But like, you got to do it. You got to do it the right way. You can't just like pick and choose the way you, you can't like be like, Oh, well they were the Oilers. Like, no, you can't do it that way. Um, so, you know, those are just my thoughts. Um, but I like, I hate, we, we kind of do this a lot, but Okay, commanders, like you're saying, Giants, you want to prove you're different? At least go cover the spread. Commanders, you want us to take us seriously? You want or take you seriously? You want us to really think you can take one of these wild card spots? Go yeah. out, keep doing it. Like add oh, yeah. on. You know, don't don't just like pull off the surprising things. Like be the favorite, win at home. Go ahead. So um, let's do that. Um, I just for the purposes, this is before then, but we think the Vikings win and cover because that game's important in this division. I guess they're, yeah, they're three point favorites. Um, so we both take them. And I mentioned this, my lock of the week on the SB Nation NFL show will be the Green Bay Packers as seven point underdogs coming off that mini by themselves. They have they are actually coming off two home games in a row. So they mm-hmm. have not traveled in a long time. 
Um, they have not looked good <laughs> outside of uh, the win against no. the Cowboys. Um, but you know, I this this Eagles team looked really bad against a team that is somehow worse than the Packers. Um, my thoughts on the black helmets. I like debuting them at night. If you're going to do this, if you're going to wear like a, a special yeah. thing, you cannot do it at like noon or whatever. No. Like the, the Panthers did it right with their Thursday. Like it's got to be prime time. It's got to be a big deal. This is not just primetime game. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Like a lot of people are going to be kind of sitting in watching it. So well done. I do think that clashes with the mm. Packers colors. That's not the Eagles fault. Um, but so not the best like matchup, but well done uh, from the Philly equipment staff. I will take Green Bay to cover and to win. Wow. What's the final score? 29 to 26. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Packers have won four games this year. They are four and seven. They beat the Bears early on, who Aaron Rodgers famously owns in addition to the Cowboys week two. Score 27 to 10. You know, good win. Everyone's like, okay. They're bouncing back from that Vikings game. Obviously, Justin Fields is terrible. Uh, then they beat the Bucks in week three by a final score of 14 to 12. Really bad vibes game. Both teams in kind of, you know, disgruntled old quarterbacks then third straight win they beat the patriots who are using the combination of brian horror hoyer and bailey zappy making his nfl debut as a day three pick in week four and they won by three points in overtime uh that was a home then they beat the cowboys as we know uh despite trailing by 14 points entering the fourth quarter so that those are the packers wins this year not the most impressive Resume, they have lost six of their last seven. Those include games to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, the Bills, the Lions, and the Tennessee Titans. And five of those were in a row, right? Um, five loss. They had a five loss. So. Yeah. Five-game losing Cowboys. streak that, that Dallas helped snap, right? Packers are just one and four on the road. And that the, the only win was the two-point win, a game where they scored 14 points uh, to beat the Bucks. So I don't know. Uh, maybe the Eagles don't cover, but I am going to take them to to cover, and at the very least, I'm going to take them to win this game because I think that they have played a little bit uncharacteristically lately, and I think they're going to bounce back at home. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Jalen Hurts emerge against the Packers? That wasn't his first start, right? That was like like Carson. So was Carson once got benched, yeah. right? Yeah, it was it was again, but it was at Lambeau. Is that correct? It was a game at Lambeau that like. You know, things had gone so bad that season that it's like, oh, man, this Eagles team's right. going to get, like, smoked. And then, sure enough, they were looking terrible. They almost, like, snuck back into the game. Not quite, but, like, they, but they, like, there was like, oh, is this going to be an upset? And it was not. But, like, they, they made it a little interesting there with Hurts. They got, they got you to sit up on the couch type thing. And it wasn't even all Hurts. Like, Jalen Rager had his only punt return touchdown <laughs> of his career in that game. Um. Okay. Um. My final question. Um, so you were at a two last week. You were at a four now, mm -hmm. as far as panic level on the on the Eagles. What if the Cowboys win on Thursday and look like it doesn't have to be forty to three, but look look like a very established, confident overall team, and the Eagles lose? However, that happens. What if what, what will the scale be? And I, I understand that the scale would be impacted by the quality of loss, but just generally speaking, what would it be Sunday night, Monday morning? Probably like you know, like a seven and a half, eight, seven, depending exactly how it looks. Right. Um, but yeah, it would be something along those lines. I mean, it doubled this week from two to four. It might double again. Wow. Well, I like that math. Well, um, it's not okay. Happen though, Brandon. Let's get out of here. Um, as we do, pick three of anything you want. Three of anything I want. Um, I'm gonna take. You have to tell anything. us why you're taking the thing that you are are oh, taking. Jeez, adding ten more minutes to the episode. Why don't you? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take there's people traveling. I'm trying to help. Maybe like somebody's like 10 minutes from their three things. I'm thankful for um, number one. Oh God, super cliche. Okay. The NFC East mixtape listeners. Number uh, one, the mixologists, uh, not in any particular order, by the way. Number two, my uh, parents. He, I had you guys. Number one, he knocked you down. Interesting. Well, yeah, you're below my parents. Sorry. Um, and then my good friends, just like you are. Hmm. Good answers. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Many gobbles to you all and to all a many gobbles. <laughs>